Praise God. All right. Praise God. All right, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful tonight for this privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Father, speak to us expressly. We are yearning for your word. We dine at your table tonight. Feed us, Lord. We are hungry. We're thirsty. Feed us, Father. Lord, edify us and tonight mature the believer. We pray that you strengthen us by your word and you help us, Father to deal with this message that is about to be preached and ministered to us. In Jesus' name, we pray and the church say, Amen. All right, I'm preaching on something I've titled, The Cancer Called Offense. I told you, you will not smile. Oh, yeah. I, I, the way you reacted is exactly how I reacted when the Lord told me to preach on offense. Amen. Um, last week, Wednesday, I told you when I stood up here and the Lord spoke to me, he said, tell the women, particularly, he spoke to me, he said, tell the women. You know we are in women's month? Hello, ladies. We're still in your women's month. Amen. He said, tell the women that they deal with offense because it will, it will hinder all the effect of your prayer for 30 days. And God forbid that that will happen. So we are dealing with that cancer called offense. And the church say amen. So that's the title of my message, the cancer. So offense is literally a cancer. The cancer called offense. All right. Luke chapter 17 and verse 1. Luke 17 and verse 1. Quickly. Help us on the screen. All right. Everybody write it down, look up the screen. Maybe we should all read together. Everybody read one to go. Then said he unto his disciples. So who's speaking? All right. Next sentence. It is impossible that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Say amen to that. All right. So Jesus is mentoring his disciples who are going to take over from him who today that what they did in the book of Acts, we still uh, benefiting from it. What they left behind for us is what we are standing on today. And so Jesus is mentoring these people and he said to them that it is impossible that offense will come. You see, church, it's not possible for you to live this life whether Christian or unbeliever, that you will not be offended. Hey, where, where are you? Where are you? He says it is impossible. Offense must come. It will come. You will be offended. And you will also offend somebody. So today I'm going to be talking about both. Both people, the offended and the off off offender. I wanted to say offenser. <laughs> the offended and the what? Offender. Both of them. Because he spoke about two people here. He says that it is impossible that offense will, not, will come. He says, but that what to him through whom he... So even the offender is not exempted. Because you see, if you look at offense, in dealing with offense, as I define offense for you... Um, <laughs> There is two people involved. One is the offender, 
And the other one is who? The offended. Now, today you need to check out where you are. Are you the offender? Are you the offended? Whichever one you are, we will deal with it in this service. Hey, if you are online and you are offended, don't, don't, don't hang up. I just heard from the Holy Ghost. There is somebody offended. When you, uh, you, I mentioned the topic, you, you change. No, stay there. You will be healed tonight. Okay? All right. So Jesus said it is impossible that you will not be offended. It's impossible. That means as you are today, huh, the way to deal with offense is not to avoid offense. It is to know how to handle offense. Because Jesus is saying, it's impossible that you will not be offended. It's impossible. Offense will come. Say it will come. So, the best thing to do for offense is prepare for it. Because you will be... <laughs> today, you know, <laughs> God knows how to... This God, this kind God, oh, I never see your kind. Oh. You know, he tells me to preach on offense. So, a pastor came today to visit me. And yesterday he called me. He couldn't get hold of me. He tried calling me yesterday. He called me like two missed calls. And then he said to me, you know, while I was calling you, the reason I was calling you, he said, you know, some pastors came to visit me and told me that this Felix, your friend, is, a, is, a, is an occultist. He's occultist. You guys are occultist, okay? Yeah, let me speak like a South African, occultist. So Nigerians say occultist, okay? So anyway... He's an occultist. I said, so why? Why? They said, ah, he just finished conference three months ago. His wife finished conference about a week ago or two weeks ago. He's doing another one in two months. Where does he get money from? Ah, is that why I'm an occultist? I said, he said, so he was calling me so that I will hear them. You know, church. And, and he said that to me today. And, and, you know, it was supposed to offend me, but I just laughed at it. I said, tell them that I have a tree that produces money so they, 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 can, they can come and get some. Amen, somebody. Look, what do you do about offense? What do you do? You prepare for it. Look at your neighbor, say prepare. Hmm. Look on the other side, say prepare for offense. Don't, don't, don't try to avoid offense because Jesus guaranteed you. You know Jesus is God. Hello? How many of you know Jesus is God? Okay. So, he is God the Son. He has given you assurance and guarantee that offense will come. It will surely come. So, you pray. the earlier you prepare for offense, the better for you. So that you, you don't, because I'm going to tell you the danger of offense. Now, I looked up the word when my wife came in. She saw the Greek concordance on my, on my table. And, you know, I'm, I was just doing research on, you know, the Greek, you know. Um, so I checked out the word offense in Luke 17:1, When Jesus was, said it's impossible that offense will come. The word, the Greek word there in that Luke 17:1 is the word skandalon. Skandalon is S-K. N S K A N D A L O N. Write it down. S K A N D A L O N. Scandalon, or however you pronounce it. Now, that word in English translated, it means 
trap. Okay, it means what? Trap. Okay, you know the way you trap something. You cage something and put it in a trap. Okay? It means, I wrote it down. It means a snare. Number four, it means occasion to fall. This is in the Greek concordance. Then the fourth one is, it means stumbling block. That means when you are offended, you place a stumbling block in front of you. You can't go forward. When you are of a man or a woman that is offended is in a cage. You are in a trap. You can't go. You don't, you don't move. Do you see why I called offense cancer? You, it immobilizes you. It, it paralyzes you. It stagnates you. He said offense is a trap, is a snare, is an occasion to fall and a stumbling block. These four things are documented in the book I read today. That offense will trap you. A woman that is offended is a trapped woman. You know the way you bait a fish? You put a, a you know, some worm or something and cast the, fi- the, the hook into the water and the fish coming to eat that worm will now get hooked. So the bait that Satan uses to catch you, that worm is called what? What is he called? What is he called? Offense. You will not fall into Satan's bait in this month. I declare before conference or before the end of this year, you will not fall into Satan's bait. Can somebody say amen to that? Let me define offense for you. Offense is an emotional state or a response. Offense is an emotional state. So offense has to do with your emotions. It has to do with what? What does it have to do with? Your emotions, your feelings. And that's why it's, it's not that men don't get offended, but most times Satan uses that trap on mainly women. Mainly because he knows that women are emotional beings. And so they would always respond to their emotions. Please follow me today. You'll be blessed. It's, a, it's an emotional state or response resulting from a displeasure, a hurt, an anger, or an outrage caused by the words of people spoken to you or the actions of people. So offense is what? It's an emotional state and is a response because the moment your feelings are offended, your actions will line up with that feeling. Say amen. Offended people want to offend you. Because they say misery loves what? Company. Offended people are always looking for a way to offend. Their response will always come out offensive. Because, listen, out of the heart proceeded the issues of life. Life comes out from the heart. The moment your heart is corrupted with offense, that is your exact response to every situation. Say amen to that. So Jesus said that it is impossible 
that offense will not come. Now, I want to say this. Offense is a demonic spirit. It's a spirit that the devil uses when he wants to stop God's people. Because we're going to take an example from somebody I read about on Sunday. You all know who is that? Who did I talk about on Sunday? Who? You have forgotten my message. Who did I speak about on Sunday? John the Baptist. So you know where I'm going. <laughs> Amen. Now church, the root of every offense is self. Self. So um, many times when people offend you, the offender also is dealing with self. The one offended now starts dealing with self. Because most times, offense touches either self-esteem, self-worth, or self-centeredness. Hello? What does offense touch? So, so it's when, when, when somebody offends you, it means that they tempered with your self-worth. They reduce or diminish your self-worth. They diminish your value. They're trying to bring down your value. And so that gets you offended. And the reason that offense is because also you now start feeling that self thing that is now called self-centeredness. Are we together? That's why you must never be self-centered. Hello, church. The Bible says that we should look out for others. Look out for the things of others. How to help somebody else. Don't always put the attention on yourself. Let, every, let life not be about you. Oh, your amen is so flimsy. Okay. All right. But offense will come. And offense, when it comes, you must know how to deal with it. You must know. Now, um, I want to deal with this dude called John the Baptist. Um, his story is a very interesting story. Um, you know, I read about him that Jesus said that right from the days of John the Baptist up until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered what? Violence. And only the violent take it by force. And, and before he made that statement, he said that of all men born of a woman, there is none greater than John. But yet he that is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. So that statement didn't make sense. Um, until I had to just believe God to say, give me revelation on this. But now, in the same Matthew 11, 11 well, we read 11, 11, that the kingdom of God, God suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. Now, let's look at John's story from verse 2, before Jesus made that statement. So, verse 2 of John 11, quickly. Verse 2. So, when John had heard in prison, where did he hear from? Where was John? Do you all know the story why he entered prison? Okay, so what led to John being in prison was that John was supposed to be in the wilderness crying, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is what? Is at hand. He leaves the wilderness to come and accuse Herod and tells Herod, listen, Philip, your brother died. You took his wife as your wife. It was not John's business. Hello? Look at your neighbor. Say, mind your business. 
<laughs> because some of you are in everybody's business. <laughs> hey, Jesus. You are in everybody's business. You come to church, instead of looking at your own hair, you're looking at another sister's hair. Instead of looking at how you are dressed, you look at another person's dressing. My, what do you do to your business? Mind your business. Prophesy to yourself, say, in the name of Jesus, Felix, mind your business. He went to tell King Herod, you are not supposed to marry your brother. Your brother Philip died. You married his, we married his wife. You are this, you are that, you are bad, you are this. What did Herod do? Herod grabbed him and put him where? In prison. So, that is where we are. <laughs> May you not go to prison for other people's business. <laughs> Jesus, I'm telling you, man. So, now, John is in prison. <laughs> and you remember the same John was the one that Jesus came to. And when he saw, he was in the Jordan baptizing people. When Jesus came, he saw Jesus from afar. He said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He says, this is whom I have been speaking to you about. Who should latch it? I am unable to untie. And the Bible said, Jesus he said to Jesus, how can I baptize you? Jesus said, no, suffer it to be so. For it becometh of me to fulfill all righteousness. And then he took Jesus and baptized him. Jesus praying, what happened? The heavens opened. Lo, a voice spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, John was involved in that transaction. He pointed everybody to Jesus that this is the one that I have come to make way for. Now, here he's offended. John chapter 2, John chapter 11, verse 2. Now, when Jesus had heard in the prison that the, the works of Jesus, of Christ, sorry, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent how many disciples? Two of his disciples to Jesus. Next verse. And said unto him, are thou he that should come? Abba, John. I call on Aibo. Are thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? You see, these are the characters of the offended. Offended people are always looking for another. They always look for another church. Another man of God. Another prayer partner. Another husband. Another wife. Okay. Thank you for clapping, daughter. I, I don't have money. I would have given. <laughs> I only have my offering now, you know. <laughs> I'm offended people are always looking for what? For another. How can John be asking Jesus, are you the one? Abba. But you see, what offense will... Oh, uh, let me not go ahead of myself. But let's, let's keep reading. Keep reading, sir. He says, so Jesus now answered and said, <laughs> you see how to respond to offense? Because you see, some of you, I think you, when, when somebody offends you, your response is very important. Your, your response is so critical. You know, you can, you know, the normal average believer in House of Treasures ministries or other churches. Um, if these two disciples came and met Jesus, 
and say, John said we should ask you, are you the one or should we look for another? You know what you would have done? Where is he now? He's in prison. Let, I'm coming there. I'm going to talk to him myself. Let me go and deal with him. Is he not the one that told me that I'm the Lamb of God? That's exactly our response. But look at Jesus' response. Next verse. Where he said, Jesus answered and said, Go, well, what is wrong with you? Go back. Answered and said unto them, Go show John again those things which you hear and see. So they came into Jesus' service. Why Jesus was preaching. So Jesus said to him, Go back to John. Tell him all that you saw in the service and all the message you heard, the miracles, the signs and wonders. Go respond to him. Do you know how you respond to offended people? Just have result. You know, I'm, listen, just have result. You know, I don't have time to start looking for how many pastors are talking down on me. No, let them come for ownership or let them watch online. That's enough. Is that just, just have result. Don't debate with people. No. You don't need all that. Just have results. They don't like you. They think that you are above yourself. You're doing more than yourself. Just keep causing waves. They will keep hearing your news. Ah, I said the enemies will hear your news. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Just keep. Jesus said, go tell, go show John. Go and tell him. Show John again those things you hear and you, that you are seeing, you are hearing me do. I mean, next verse. It says, and the blind received their sight. The lame walked. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. In spite of your offense, I am getting results. That's what Jesus was saying to him. In spite of you being angry, annoyed with your self-worth, self-esteem, and self-centeredness in prison, I am achieving my goals. I am fulfilling my father's vision. Am I communicating today? Please never respond to offense the way your flesh wants you to. You will be offended. Prepare for it. Because offense is a destiny blocker. Major destiny. Listen to me. Listen. I've been long in this thing now. You know, church, the Bible, I think it was in, my wife preached on a message in Midran the other day. John 5.35, the Bible called John, Jesus himself called John a burning and a shining light. What did he call him? A burning and a shining light. So the guy had so much fire. John was a fiery pastor. He was a man, I mean, this guy was screaming at Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes. These are henchmen in the society. Calling them vipers. Nobody could touch him because there was such heavy anointing on John. And you see, Satan understands such people. Satan will never send a, a, a Sibongile. Man, no. If you send Sibongile to John the Baptist, once you come here, fire of the Holy Ghost. Sibongile will run away. He won't send fornication. He won't send adultery. He won't send murder. He won't send stealing. He knows that at the level John was, that grace to overcome such sin has already been delivered. He was a burning 
and a shining light. But now, here comes a sin John never expected. Offense. He never thought that Satan would get him with offense. Never. And that's how dangerous offense is. You can be this great apostle that, amen, you are doing great exploits. Satan knows how to get you. Ah, he will use something you never expected called offense. Because offense is the root or the parent of bitterness, is the parent of unforgiveness, is the parent of hatred. All this emanates from offense. People, when anybody is unforgiving, it's true because of offense. Hello? Hello? If you find a bitter person in church, it's because they are offended. It's their parents. So they generate from him. Just like now there is load shedding and we are generating power from our generator. The generator in your life, generating bitterness, hatred, unforgiveness, strife, is what? What is he called? Offense. May you be delivered from every offense tonight. May you never be offended. You, you, will, you will deal with this thing tonight. Seriously. May God help you to prepare for the days ahead. Because men, I see great things coming. Ah, yeah. I, see, I see glorious days ahead of us. Honestly speaking, the devil is jittering. The Satan is flabbergasted. He's overwhelmed by what is going on in this ministry. I'm telling you, great things are coming. Great things. Boy, yesterday in counseling, did I pray for people. The deals I prayed for, files that were brought to me, 70 million, 500 million that I was laying hand on. Man, I knew something heavy is coming to this ministry. Big things, man. Big things. Big things. One of my daughters that works for a company just bought a truck, uh, delivery van, she delivers parcels for DHL. Started a side hustle. The, you know, I mean, great things are coming. I'm telling you, many of you are going to get great I, before the end of this year. Ideas that will shock the world. I'm telling you, like, like no ways. You know, my dear friend and sister, patient Mlengana called me today. She says, Apostle, I'm just, you know, I went through Facebook. I went through the comments on the flyer of your, your, your conference. She says to me, you know, Apostle, you, you have brought life to this nation. He says, when I, I read through all the things people are saying about you and this conference, people thanking you that, that the things they've desired, you have brought it to them. She said to me, you have brought life and hope to this nation. We, he says, my husband and I, are, we always pray for you. That you will keep doing this good work. You know what she said to me? How many people will bring this caliber of ministers of the gospel and not charge money? You know? I was like, wow. So people are observing. Guys, I went to preach in a conference. My protocol is here. We got the I'm guest speaker. They allowed me and Deacon Francis. The rest... I had to give credit card to pay for my protocol to enter a conference. <laughs> Let's not even go there. 
<laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, don't be offended. <laughs> hey, hey, don't be offended. You're watching online, don't be offended. If you are a pastor that charge money, I'm not against you. I'm just saying, just, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you are not the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen, oh, somebody. May God give you grace to overcome. You know, today in church, pastors are offended. Students are offended. Uh, associate pastors are offended. Uh, choir members are offended. <laughs> Ushers are offended. Technical team is offended. The guy on camera, no, not you. Another one. <laughs> Offense is everywhere. Man, you just have to, you know, this message, I, I want to make it, you know, the way I wanted to preach it, the way, the way it came to me, I wanted to be very serious tonight. But now I'm finding myself making you laugh. And I, that's not my intention. I want you to be very serious. Amen, somebody. Because this is a very serious disease in the body of Christ. You know, many years ago, I went to, before I, was it before House of Treasure started? Or it had started? In the beginning of House of Treasures, I was still selling properties. When I used to, I think in the first year, I was still running my business, you know. And um, one Saturday, a man of God calls me on Friday, sorry, prior, Friday, and says, please, I want to sell my house. So I said, okay, no problem. Um, I will come Saturday morning. So in the morning, as my custom was, I woke up in the morning, prayed in tongues for two, three hours, and entered my car, drove to his house at about 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. I got to the door of his house. As I stood there to knock, the Lord said to me, tell him to repair the altar. I'm telling you true story. So this man comes. He's an apostle. He opens the door, and I said to him, man of God, I just heard the voice of the Lord while I'm standing here at your door that you should repair the altar. Boy, did the wife fly out from the kitchen and said to me, what did you just say? I, you know, I didn't want to talk to her because I'm talking to the husband. She said, no, repeat what you just said. I said, no, the Lord just spoke to me. I should tell your husband to repair the altar. And um, so she now said, please come and sit down. She was the one now that told me to come sit down. And she said to me, you know, my husband and I, the reason we're selling our property is because we are not in good terms. Things are bad at home. Our marriage is falling apart. Then I, I, I said, Lord, I came to sell house to make commission. I didn't come here to settle matter. And I mean, I sat down. For goodness sake, I sat there for four hours. And hear what this man said to me. Man of God, my wife did something to me three years ago. I lie not before God. My wife did something to me three years ago, and I cannot forgive her. Guess what? Today, the guy is blind. He's on a wheelchair. The church has closed. His wife left him. The wife is in the United States. May offense not find its way to your heart. Please, this message I'm preaching probably is the most important message you will ever hear in this ministry. 
Don't let it get to your heart. Offense is a destiny killer. In fact, let me give you a few things I wrote down from John's experience. Let me just shoot straight to the end of my message. Number one, dangers of offense. Because I'm going to also tell you what to do to help you deal with offense. Number one, dangers, uh, danger of offense. Offense destroys destiny relationships. Now, here is Jesus who's connected. Boy, do you know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus? To the point where you and Jesus can speak. Are we together, church? Like, you and Jesus, this is God in the flesh, and you have a revelation of who this person is. That this person is a destiny connector. This is destiny right here. God connecting me to a person like this. This is destiny. And yet, offense made him lose his destiny connection. Offense will cut you off from destiny relationship. That's how John lost his relationship with Jesus. Offense. May you not lose relationship with your destiny helpers. I mean, God will send you people that will help you in life. Many times, offense may take you out of that relationship. It's only offense, I'm telling you, that can take you out of that relationship. Because it's so easy to be offended and walk away. But when you can deal with offense, you know that, listen, this relationship is orchestrated by the Spirit. And I'm not going to allow my flesh to get me out of this relationship. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Number two, danger of offense. Offense will make you sad at other people's success. Other people, I'm sure that John the Baptist, while he was in prison, was hearing that Jesus was gathering 5,000. And as he was in prison, he, that 5,000 was eating him up. Ah! He fed 5,000 men. And I'm here in prison. And, and that's another thing. You know, one of the reasons for offense is entitlement mentality. <laughs> when people are too entitled. You know, I hate it when somebody thinks I owe him something. No, I don't owe you something. I don't. Uh-uh. No. I don't owe you anything. Anything I'm doing is an act of benevolence. And I can choose not to do it. And God will not mind. Believe me. When people are entitled, it's my right. Well, John the Baptist, it's not your right I said I should bring you out of prison. After all, I'm not the cause of your being in prison. It was your stupidity. You were sent to the wilderness. You came to the city to go and start rebuking King Herod. It's not your place. Whether the guy married ten wives is not your business. His brother, younger brother Philip died. He took his wife. Now, that same, oh Jesus, you know, this life, eh? Do you know that it's the same wife? Maybe I'll get there. I, I don't want to read that scripture now. It would derail us. But it's the same wife that ordered for the head of John the Baptist. Herod did not want to kill John. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll read that scripture later. Let me just finish this. Offense is what? Offense makes you sad at other people's success. 
to make you sad. Look at, I mean, church, look at how pastors are offended at me for all the works we are doing. The conferences we are organizing, I don't organize them for myself. No, it is to be a blessing to the nation. You know, Pastor KG said something while we were at the back today looking at the work that's going on. He said, you know, Dad, if people know the sacrifice that goes into holding these conferences. <laughs> Some people are writing on social media, why don't you move it to a stadium? Why don't you? Eh, eh. My friend, you haven't even hosted one person in your house. You, you want stadium. You know, my wife, we, listen, we checked out four stadiums. When we calculated what it would cost for this conference to be in a stadium, it's between four million and six million. Why would I be stupid to go and dump four million on the stadium? I would rather extend our building. We know the money is here. Can I hear an amen? After this extension, I'm on, I may not do that again. Next year, if we see the, how the crowd is, well, next year we'll do an open air. In our yard. No, I'm not going to a stadium for what? God has given us a stadium here. Hello. Don't be offended. You that wrote it, don't be offended. That's what I'm preaching to you. Don't be offended. This message. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Number three. Offense will abort your prophecies. He says, for Herod had laid hold of on John and bound him and put him where? Where did he put him? In prison for Herodias' sake. His brother's Philip wife, Nezvest. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Okay? Keep going. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as what? A prophet. So Herod wanted to kill John. And he was afraid that the people will not be happy. They will revolt against him. So what did he do? He kept him where? In prison. Next verse. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias, that is now this Philip's, his brother's wife, the daughter, when her birthday came, before uh, she now danced before Herod and pleased Herod. Next verse. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would, she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, of, of who? The one that John is saying you can't have. Because the woman is happy in her marriage. Who will not be happy to marry king? Philip is dead. The elder brother took her. John says it's not lawful. By who? Anyway, we don't want to get into that. So, already prior to this, the mother have told her that, listen, the only desire I have in this life is to cut off John the Baptist's head. Hmm. So, and then, she now, when now the king promised her to say, listen, ask me anything. In fact, the other uh, synoptic gospel say, up to how many of my kingdom? Half of my kingdom. Herod was ready to give. Okay? So now she now said, give me here John the Baptist's head on a platter or on a charger. Next verse. The king was what? Sorry. 
Nevertheless, for because he has promised. Those of you who don't keep your promise, you see unbeliever. Unbeliever, not born again. But you, you promise five girls in this church you will marry them. We can't find you. Today, Sibongile. Tomorrow, uh, Philippa. Next, tomorrow, Augustina. What is your problem? You have promised every woman in this church marriage. You have dated everyone. All of them, you have taken them to restaurants. What is your problem? You can't keep promise. Are we together, church? He said, nevertheless, for the sake of the oath that he made, and them which sat at with him when he was making the oath, he commanded it to be given to her. Next verse. He sent and did what to John the Baptist? They beheaded John the Baptist. And his head was brought on a charger or in a charger and given to the damsel. And she brought it to her mother. When you are offended, you will lose your head. Many offended people don't think straight. Your, see, offense will make your head incorrect. You never think well when you are offended. You find a woman, the husband cheated on her, she thinks the offense will tell her, go repeat the same thing, go cheat. You forget you are a child of God because offense will make you lose your head. Because retaliating with cheating is not the answer. Because already by doing that, you have opened the door for Satan in your own life. Before you were right before God. But now that you have gone to retaliate, because offended people want to always retaliate. One of the things that offense does, every person that is offended is on a, a revenge mission. They are on a what? Revenge mission. Every offended person is always looking for a way to get back at you. That's what offense does. May God deliver somebody tonight from offense. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say amen like you are serious. It affects your thinking pattern. You can't think straight. This makes you do stupid things. Offend, offense. Because you offended. You don't make the right decision. A woman is offended at the husband. The husband comes back from work and she doesn't cook. And the man goes and, you know, and says, where is my, where is my food? She says, no, you forgot what you did this morning. So, Mina, you can take care of yourself. And then the brother starts calling, Sibongile, do you have pap or do you have... By the time he ends up in Sibongile's house, it's pap. And you know when a man eats, he's doers his guard. Oh, you didn't know. If you want to get a man to tell you his life story, give him food. <laughs> Men always lower their guard. You know, hey Jesus, let me tell you my secret. You know how I know whether a, a man of God is saved? You realize that most of our guest speakers, I hope they are not listening. I always take them to go eat. Because that's when I know they reel you. When men are eating, they drop their guard. You'll be surprised when a man is eating. I just committed adultery yesterday. Ah, okay, and continue eating. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Somebody said the secret of Apostle Felix. 
I'm telling you. <laughs> Just get a man to go and eat. He will tell you. I'm telling you. <laughs> As he's eating, he's telling you where his safe is, where his money is, where he ah, how much is in his bank account. I shouldn't have told you. <laughs> because some of you, I need to take you to go eat. <laughs> So when I invite you for dinner, you already know that I want, I want you to say something <laughs> that you have been hiding. Amen. I'm joking. Amen. All right. Number five. Number five. So we can pray. Offense opens your life to demonic and witchcraft attacks. Offense opens your life to demonic attacks. Church, when you are offended, your life becomes <laughs> a transaction ground for demons and witchcraft. Many offended people always see Tokoloshi in there. They have nightmare. I'm telling you the truth. If you check, when if things are keep pursuing you in your sleep, you are offended. There was a woman in our previous church who gave a seed of 161,000 bank guarantee check. I was in the office when he gave it to the man of God. Look, that woman eventually came back and said she wants that offering back after three years. Now, I have left the church. I've started House of Treasures. And they called me from Lanehurst Police Station that I need to be a witness to a transaction. I say, what? They said somebody gave a check, blah, blah, blah. The investigating officer called me that you need to be a witness in court. I say, why? They said the woman came to ask back for her offering that they took it by force. I say by force. I was there when she gave the money to the man of God to say she's sowing seed towards the conference. Now, church, do you know why I said that? That woman has been to me, because I was in charge of counseling in that church. She has been to me three times in counseling. She was the one that I said, the last one she came, she said she saw a snake entering into her private part and coming out. I say, woman, because the previous one, it was an antelope or a giraffe. I don't know which animal was pursuing her. Second one was another animal. I said, now, this time, she said with her, before God, in my office, she said, this time, a python was coming inside her and going out through her private part. I said, woman, something is wrong in your life. And now, it eventually showed up in offense by her coming to ask for offering she gave three years before. Do you know what curse? Your, the moment money, uh, oh, now that we are building, don't even give money and ask for it because I will tell you to go and collect bricks. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, choose Joseph. <laughs> I'm telling you, every single money coming in, I'm paying bricks. Today they delivered concrete mix and sand. I mean, that, the money as it comes into the account, <laughs> I let it go because if he stayed there, something else, I don't want Satan to speak about any other thing. I need this building to be ready. Are we together, church? If you come to ask me back your offering, I will offer you bricks. <laughs> Are we together, church? Don't allow it. Don't allow offense in your life. I'm telling you, offended people do the strangest of things. How do you go back three years later to ask for your offering? Haba. No ways. Offense will make you the, do the most stupid things, make most stupid decisions, make you 
make you say some, the most stupid thing that anybody can say. When you are offended as on people or someone, you never like anything they do. I mean, a beautiful sister can come into the church suffering, struggling all her life, you know, managing a 3,000 rent, 4,000 rent salary, and all of a sudden God gives her a break. Or God even gives her a fiancé that is rich. And you are another sister, you are offended at her, you may not know. And then all of a sudden you see her with Peruvian hair. Then your mind starts going, mm-hmm, we said it. <laughs> now this, uh, where did she get that hair from? Her salary can't buy, even if she saved for one year, she can't buy it. Offense is talking. When you are not happy for other people, it's offense speaking. I'm telling you. And may God give you a conscience void of offense. Let me read that scripture. Acts chapter 24 verse 16. And we are about to close. Acts 24 verse 16. Let me read that scripture. And then I will tell you how to deal with offense. Acts 24 verse 16. Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience that is what? Void of what? Offense towards who? And towards who? So that means you can even be offended at God. I mean, I told you the story of one of my friends who I've gone to preach for. Me and my late wife had gone to preach for him twice in his conference. And he lost his wife. His wife came back from, they came back from service. She was fine in the morning, came back from service, and she prepared meal. And as they were eating, she says, hey, baby, hey, I feel a pain in the chest. The thing persisted. They prayed, but it persisted. And he just took her, rushed her to hospital. And the doctor says, listen, we'll admit her. You go and get her clothes because we're going to keep her on admission. He went home. He got home. He was folding clothes inside a suitcase. They called from hospital. She's gone. And this man of God got offended at God and closed the church and said God does not exist. Because you can't be offended at God. I'm teaching you now so that when circumstances come, you don't behave the same. Fast forward, now I lost my wife. But today, House of Treasures is here. God forbid that, I mean, I will just ignore all of you and carry my pain towards God and say, Father, I'm not doing this anymore. Because I've been in this church. One day I came on this altar and I said, the Lord spoke to me while I was praying that there was a woman in service. It was a, and that day it was an, even an elderly woman. And I said, there's a woman here the Lord said that they've just diagnosed you of cancer. I still have that report in my office. I don't know some of you who are old members. She came to the front. And, and I said, the Lord has delivered you from that cancer. That woman went for a result and came back and brought the result to my office, the CT scan. Cancer has disappeared. Now, here is my wife I lay down beside. For had cancer four years. And passed on. You think it's easy to look at that and say, God, how can you heal somebody else and not heal my wife? You can easily get offended at God. It's so easy. But I will not allow offense in my heart. No, I will not. Uh -uh. He said that you have, you make sure that you exercise. He says, herein do I exercise myself. So you have to exercise it like gym. And I'm going to tell you two things that you use for this exercise. 
The way you go to gym to build muscle. There are two things you must do so that offense will not stay in your heart. Are we together, church? He says, herein do I exercise myself to have always, how many times? Always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards man. I will not be offended at God. I will not be offended at man. I refuse. People will do things to me. Yes, definitely. Every day that I wake up, I expect people to wrong me. I expect people to say something against me. But I will not carry it in my heart. I will not. When he said it today, we just laughingly joked about it. I said, you know, I just, the way I covered it, I said, no, I have a tree here that gives money. Let them come and they can collect. And we just joked about it and we left it. For me, it's over. Whoever said it, it's okay that I'm occultic. After all, I've had a pastor here who was under me that I laid hands on, ordained a pastor who said I'm occultic because I made the carpet on the stage white, black. And then the chairs. Then we didn't have these chairs. We had plastic chairs that the chair covers are black and that the carpet under is red. He said red and black are Satan's color. I don't know where he got that from. I never knew. It was him I heard it from. When you see, that's what I was saying to you. And when you are offended, you do the most stupid things. And he called another pastor and told him, you know, this is my pastor. Our church, the way it's growing and the way money comes in. We just do things. There's always money to do things. Me, I'm suspecting him. He's an occultic man. He's, he's been initiated into something. And then the man of God called me. And, I, you know, I tell you this story so that you know that, listen, we also deal with real human being issues. I'm not a spirit. People offend me. Serious. I called him into my office. I never forget it. In fact, I summoned all the pastors. At that time, we had 13 pastors or so, or nine pastors. I can't remember. With my late wife, I think he made it 13. There are 12 or 13, somewhere around there. And I summoned all of them with their wives. I said, come to the office. And they came to the office. They were at the reception. So I told the reception, he sent so-and-so person in first. And he came into my office. I said, you know, son, and you know, the amazing thing is this guy, when he sees me, he kneels down to talk to me. He doesn't even stand. You'll be surprised. The people that display the most humility in front of you are the most offended at you. And he said these words. He said, so I asked him a question. I said, are you happy with my leadership? You know, I have the wisdom of God. So I was getting at something. When I asked him that question, he said, no, you are the greatest of all. You are, Jesus sent me here. You are the man of God, the apostle of our generation. I say, eh? <laughs> Jesus. And you know, the man of God that told me this, he said, if he denies it, call me and put it on speaker. And I said to him, a man of God called me yesterday and said that you said I'm in occultism and I'm this because the carpet on the stage is black, the chair covers are black, and the carpet in front is red, that I'm now... He said, no, you know, people always misunderstand you. I said, hey. I took my phone. I said, the person you told said I should call him if you deny it. I called the guy. As the phone rang once, the wife knelt down and said, we are sorry. So she was even there. Don't join your husband if he's doing wrong. Correct. That's why you are his spouse. Don't join your wife to do wrong. Ananias and Sapphira did it. It didn't work out well. Why do you want to do the same? Eh? 
Don't join your spouse. If your husband is angry, help cool him down. And say, baby, we can't leave church because you are angry. Listen, calm down first. Let's pray about it. Let's go sit down with apostle. Let's resolve this amicably. Instead of, oh, my husband was offended. Now me, I'm offended. No, you are a spirit being. We must do things right. Amen, church. Listen, do things like a born-again Christian. We don't respond with our flesh in this kingdom. Because your flesh will, the Bible says to be carnally minded is what? It's death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and what else? Peace. Shalom. Don't let your, your, your flesh respond to every circumstance. No. Avoid it. Sometimes people will, your boss will make you angry. Don't say a word. Go and cool down first. Go and cool down. Because you now say something that will make them fire you. And you have a Sibusiso at home as a child. You have Sibongile that is in school. Who is going to pay their school next month? You just quit. No. Don't let your flesh make you respond. Respond with your spirit. Are we together, church? As husband and wife, listen, we will offend each other. Let me talk to you now. We will do what? Offend each other. But men, when offense comes, respond with love. Baby, I was offended at what you just did. I really, I was so hurt. Then I pray that the, your spouse is a reasonable Christian who understands the word of God. Then we say, look, I apologize for hurting you. And then you continue with life. Because offense will come. In this life, offense will come. You cannot live this life and say you will never be offended. It's a lie. Me, I'm telling you now, even this message I'm preaching, somebody here is offended. Hello? Okay, I apologize. <laughs> that you are hurt. But I'm telling you the truth. You may be hurt, but this is the gospel truth. That of Listen, when I saw the definition of offense from the Greek word, I was, even me myself, I was scared. I said, Father, may I not be offended? He said offense is a trap. What is it? He said offense is, is what else? It's, it's a snare. Number three, he said offense is a wall of what? A stumbling block and, and something else. What was the other this, this definition? A stumbling block, and the last one is occasion to fall. I mean, none of these four definitions are easy. Whichever way you look at it, that offense will make you fall. Why do I want to fall? God has exalted my horn, and then I must fall. No, God forbid. Say amen, somebody. Offense is a stumbling block. Why must I be the one to build a wall for myself, not to cross to my next level? Offense is a trap. I personally take myself and put myself in a cage where Satan has locked it and taken the keys. An offense is a snare. A snare means a, a, something they bait you to. That's hook, just giving you a bait for you to get into a hook. Man, when I read that, I said, Lord, help me. Jesus, help me not to be offended. Help me, please. I really... Help me not to be offended. 
because it's so easy. These things happen, life happens. You have people, you, you know, you deal with people every day. You, you know, you talk to people every day. You relate to people every day. Circumstances may not be pleasant at all times. But if you are prepared for it, that's why even for me, when people do something against me, I already made excuses for them. I already made excuses. The reason they did it is because, you know, this, this, that, you know, this is the way they were feeling. This is the, so that I don't carry it in the heart. Are we together, church? You will not be offended in Jesus' name. All right, let me give you the two scriptures that we need to deal with or two things that you need to do as regards offense. Are you interested? Number one, Psalm 119, verse 65. Psalm 119, verse 65. Write it down and everybody please look up. No, Psalm 119, verse, is it 165? I think it is 165. Not 65, 165. Everybody look up. All right, read with me. One to go. Great peace have they which love thy law. Thy law there is your what? Your word. Okay? And what happens to them? Nothing shall offend them. Once you are feeding yourself constantly with the word, you can hardly be offended. Many offended people don't study scriptures. The word of God has a way. It purges your heart from dead works. The word of God. Stick to the word. Listen to messages that will bless you, church. Read books. Read the Bible. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to get the word of God inside you, church. Listen. Whenever the enemy shows up, okay, with Jesus, Luke chapter 4. When Satan came to tempt Jesus, what was Jesus' response? Come on, talk to me. It is what? It is written. Now, when you don't have the word of God, you don't have anything written, and you can't quote anything back to the devil. Study the word. Listen to messages. I'm telling you, you will be listening to messages. They will correct something in your life. It will correct something. I don't care if a child preached something. I will listen to it. I will listen. Just for me, there must be something I can learn. I can learn. Some of you, my messages are all over internet. You don't listen to them. Like this message now. You've heard it today. You will never listen to it again till Jesus returns. No. Go back to it. These are the kind of messages you should save on your phone. And the day your boss pressed the last nerve on your, on your destiny, you go back and say, uh -uh, I refuse to be offended. I was taught that offense must not happen in my life. That this is a trap. And let me tell you something about offense. Satan always uses it when you are about to break through to the next level. It's always when your miracle is about to happen. It's always when there is going to be a shift in your life. That's why you women that have fasted for 30 days, prayed with all the kind of prayer you prayed. Man, I saw that. Man, there is no... If I was God, I would have answered you a long time. I'm telling you, the way you people prayed, 12 midnight, my wife is awake. All the women are shouting in my ear. I say, which kind of... What is all this? Man... 
Rigada, ragada, Papa, God heard all of that. 5 a.m. again, you guys are at it. 12 midday, you are at it. No, God is not unjust. So Satan will always come with offense when you are on the verge of a breakthrough. May you not be offended again. I say, may you not be offended in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? So feed yourself with the word. Feed yourself. It's the way that many of us clean up our hearts. The Bible says, as we behold him as in a glass, we are changed into what? The same image. When you behold the word of God, you are changed into the image of that word. The Bible says, you are done that by the Spirit of God and you are changed from glory to what? To glory. To glory. You get better when you have the word. I'm telling you. The word of God will stabilize you. It will stabilize your character. It will stabilize your life. I know I cannot fail in marriage. It's impossible. It's, impo it's just impossible for me to fail. Why? I have the word. I have the word. My wife will offend me, but I will handle it with the word, not with my feelings. Are we together? Don't handle things with your feelings. Feelings, listen, feelings are never right. I'm telling you, I'm, hear me and hear me well. Feelings are never right, and they will never be right. Let your decision be based on the word of God. What does the word say? What is the word of God saying concerning this situation? What do I do? Is any afflicted? What do they do? Let them pray. Not let them run to Sangoma. We have had people in this church who went through some trouble. They went home. Their father said, eh, eh, let's visit Mamkuluk, you know, by the corner. And he visited. And then you carry a strange spirit with you. Are we together, church? Just handle things by the word. What does the word say? What is the word of God to me in this situation? And when, in the passing of my late wife, I think there was a scripture I read about David. And he was talking about rejoicing in affliction. Man, I got up the day of my late wife's funeral. You know, when I say that, people may say, eh, you know, because this, yeah. No, me, the reason I say it because I'm, I have a clear conscience. Got up at two in the morning. My daughter is here. I, will, I put on Choma Jesus. Choma Jesus is a Nigerian gospel artist that plays these fast Igbo gospel songs. And I began to listen. I began to jive. I was jiving on the head of Satan. I wanted the devil to know this does not affect me. Uh -uh. You are not going to make me depressed. No. I danced. After dancing for two hours, I went to the toilet and I cried because I didn't want my children to hear me. I cried and came for the funeral. But you see, that is stamina in the spirit. Do you know how God is watching me, praising him, when I'm burying my wife the same day? Man, when you see things happen in our life, please don't judge us. Because you see, God will slap you in the secret. Don't say things... You know, when you don't know the secret of a man, don't go and talk nonsense about him. The, the reason why God has exalted my horn is because there are things I have that even shook him. Do you know that Abraham offering Isaac shook God? 
to the point where he said, uh-uh, me, I can offer my son. I commanded a man to offer a child he's waited for 25 years. And now I have a son. I can't give him for the whole world. It was through the giving of Isaac that God decided that Jesus must show up. May you not be offended. This, honestly speaking, I think this is the best message I've ever preached. Honestly. This message, you are supposed to have it for life. Keep it for life. So that offense will never come into your heart. I'm telling you, many pastors' churches are not growing because they are offended. Listen, there was a young man that was in this church, used to be in the ushering. Tall and I don't want to mention his name. Some of you know him. Those who are old school here. So, the church where he was, before he came to House of Treasures, how he left the church, he told me in my office, he said that his pastor just came on TV. So, apparently on a Saturday, he went to visit one of the church members in the house and saw that that family has plasma. Now, in his house, he has 74 centimeter, those box. You know those box TV. <laughs> so, he now came on the altar. And say, how, look at you people. How can your pastor have a box television and you have plasma? Are you not ashamed? The curse of the Lord is upon you. Hey! The guy said, I ran. I took covering. I just, he said, and the only place I could run to is house of treasures. Because I was looking for a man of authority. I say, I lift that curse from you. That's what I did in the office. And that is, hey, pastor, don't switch off. Is an entitlement mentality for you to expect your people to buy you plasma because they have plasma. No, it's not. Man, it's their right. They labored for it. Allow God to speak to them. You don't place curse. Imagine me coming here and say, hmm, can you imagine? You guys are driving 5 Series BMW, Mercedes, and I'm using Uno. Curse be everyone driving Mercedes. Eh? <laughs> Just what kind of arrant nonsense are we together? No. If you want Mercedes, go work. Hello, church. Go get a job. Can't place curse on people because they, and is this entitlement mentality? Please may God deliver everyone here from entitlement mentality. Believe me, nobody owes you anything. They, this church does not owe you anything. Uh, Apostle, I came to this church. I was broke. Nobody gave me lift. Nobody gave me money for transport. Nobody, eh, nobody paid my house rent. You are not here for us to pay your house rent. Uh -uh, uh -uh. We are here to teach you the word. He said the poor have the gospel preached to them. Apostle, after all, uh, T.B. Joshua used to give bag of rice. My friend, I am not giving you bag of rice to come to church. I'm not T.B. Joshua. Say amen, somebody. <laughs> hey, T.B. Joshua, forgive me. I don't know why I called your name. <laughs> but I'm in church. You know, oh, there is so much entitlement mentality among black people. It's not even funny. Entitlement. I'm supposed to give you this. I'm supposed to pay you. Apostle, you drive a Bentley. How can you not buy me a car? It's not your... Man, I don't have to do jack 
for you. Near. Let me speak Afrikaans. If that's the only one I know. Near. <laughs> near, near. In fact, three times. Near, near, near. <laughs> I think I'm, I need to go home. Once I've started this comedy, I need to go home. The number two thing you need to do is that you need to confess the love of God. You know, this thing I say every service day is intentional. When I finish my message, the thing you will hear from my mouth is, I love you all. It's an intentional thing I do. Because I want to keep my love, love burning for you. My love is hot for you. No matter what you do to me, if they call me, you are in trouble, I will respond. I'm telling you. I've risen from my house many times, 2 in the morning, 1 a.m. Church people got involved in accident, and I'm on the road to go there many times. People are in trouble. A husband and wife called us one day. They were shouting at 2 in the morning. Wife was, she just died my number and dropped the phone. She was screaming. Husband was pursuing her from room 1 to room 2 to room 3. It was, it was Iraq and Afghanistan warfare in that house. And my late wife and I got up from the bed and went to resolve their issue. We were there till 6.30. And when we finished, I gave my late wife my credit card. I said, book them into a hotel in Sentin. Let them go and rest. They need time together. You know, because as soon as they got married, they started having kids. They didn't have time to spend with each other. And that I told you, I told my wife, I said, when I'm, we're married, I said, hey, we're not this first year, me and you, I need to know you. I don't, I don't know you. I just met you three months ago for the first time, and I'm marrying you. I don't know whether you are a witch or no. I, <laughs> I'm joking. You know, but I mean, I don't know you for real. I said, baby, let's spend one year without having child. So a day before our, how many days? A few days before our, our wedding. She went to Guinea to stop something. Whatever they stopped, I don't know, but they stopped it. So she said, she say, baby, next month is one year. That thing needs to be unstopped. I said, no, no shaking. No shaking. No shaking. <laughs> no, but it's true. You know, you know, church, because the truth is that once you start having children, attention is diverted. But this first year now, two of us are like, Five and six. Somebody said, me and you, they like beans and rice. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, so that's how we are. We are, we are so united. I'm telling you, me and my, like, it's like we have been married for 20 years. I'm telling you. Because this one year, we found ourselves. We knitted together. Our hearts have been knitted together. You know, Mama Amy, our spiritual mother, Apostle Anselm's wife, called me. He says, you know, Apostle, we are seeing what you are doing. He said, I don't know any man of God who married a wife after his first wife passed and allowed her to do conference in eight months or nine months. He says, it shows the support you are giving her. Because if you didn't allow it, she won't do it. He says, we, we, we honor men like you. 
But it's because of the unity. Because of the unity, we are united. We united. We share things together. Share things together. We sit up talking. We pray together. Are we together, church? That's it. So for some of you who are not married, don't just start popping children when you get married. Take, it's a secret I'm revealing to you. Because that was the problem with that guy. As soon as they said, we said in Jesus' name, I, I do, I do. He went home. Shoot. It's called, it's called, uh, it's called go. And then now baby came. And now attention is diverted. I mean, how does a man who is a born-again Christian, you are pursuing your wife from one room to another. You want to kill her. First year of marriage. No. It's because you people were not, you know. So I said to her, get somebody to take care of this child. Let me check you guys into a hotel. Go spend time with each other for the weekend. Amen, somebody. They say this, the secrets of men are in their stories. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Now, if she wants to give birth to a quadruplet, that's her problem. No, I'm ready. At least I know she's not a witch. Amen. <laughs> ah, Jesus, help us, Lord. Somebody say, confess love. You, you need to confess the love of God. Tell people, see, if somebody offended you, wake up in the morning, say, Lord, I love this person. I love Pastor KG. If you say it long enough, it will get rid of that offense. Let me show you the scripture. Um, where is that scripture? Where is that scripture? I wrote down something. First, Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Philippians 1 verse 9. Come on, now is our last scripture. Oh, man, time is gone. Jeez, half past eight already. Come on. He said, everybody, write it down, look up. This I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more. What is he saying? He said, let your love grow more and more. What, let your love do what? Grow more and more. In knowledge and in all judgment. Next verse. That you approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. What is he saying? The more love grows in your life, the more offense diminishes. You will not say in amen. See, they are like this on a balance. If you grow love, offense will start coming down. If you grow, keep growing offense, love will start diminishing. So what do you do? Confess love. Husband and wife, when was the last time you say, I love you? Confess love. I love you. I, in fact, look at your neighbor. Look somebody in the eye. I don't care whether it's your wife, husband, anybody. Just look them in the eye. Say, I love you. One more time. Say it again. Sincerely, I love you. Do you see how you all are smiling? Because nobody hates love. Some of you, you have not smiled since service started. It's now you just smiled. <laughs> Amen. Because nobody rejects love. Confess the love of God. Tell your wife you love her. Tell your friend you love them. Every time I speak to Joshua Selman, I love you, my friend. Every time I speak to, when I speak to, I end it with, I love you. I, some of them, they are not used to it. They're from Nigeria. They, sometimes they don't say back. I mean, I told Arome, I love you. You just say, okay, bye-bye. 
The guy in Nigeria, some of those things are strange for them. They're quite rigid with them. And I, I mean, honestly, I was like that until my late wife taught me. I mean, they came out from a home where everybody kissed everybody. So I was watching them. I, I, want to, I came to marry. I didn't come to kiss. I, I mean, <laughs> brother is Godfrey kisses uh, this one. Marianne is kissing the other person. This one is kissing this. Father is kissing Marianne. Everybody is kissing everybody. So me, I stayed on my side of the blood. You know, I, I draw the bloodline. Only now after I married, one day we now came to visit. My mother-in-law just grabbed me. I said, hey, Jesu, 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 Akalaka, Jesus. <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Jesus. <laughs> so it was there that I learned love. And I mean, I kissed Kion until he was like, 16, when he became a big boy. So when I used to drop him in school, I would kiss him. So one day now, you know now, he, I think then he's beginning to like girls. You know? So he says, Dad, don't kiss me now because if you kiss me, they will think I'm a little boy. I say, hey, this boy has grown. <laughs> but I mean, I still kiss Hannah till today. Are we together? And I learned that from there. So that's why sometimes you hear me say, give each other a hug, kiss each other. Some of you are thinking, how can a pastor say kiss somebody? Because I'm saying it from a point of love. If you have another thing in your mind, you need, you need inner healing. You, we need to remove offense. <laughs> are you blessed in this church? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Let's, let's just rise and pray. Let go, let's rise and pray. Let's, let's God help us. Help us. Help us. And if you really honestly with this message, I'm sure the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. If there is anybody you holding anything against in your mind, in your heart, just let them go. Lord, I refuse to be offended. And in your prayer, say, I love this person. It could be your father, your mother, your father that dumped you for 30, 40 years. You can release them tonight. I refuse to be offended. I refuse. So I want us to pray shortly. Just ask God, free yourself. Like I said, if you want to pray it and it's a prayer, you don't want anybody to hear, come and kneel on the altar, go to the corner. Man, we all have issues to deal with, man. We have issues, man. We're human beings. So there is nobody, I don't want you to feel like you are a devil. No, we all dealing, many of us are dealing with these things. Because we came out from, from, families and home situations that are just not pleasant. And it's so hard to let go of some of these hurt that have been built for years. I mean, somebody raped you when you were young. How do you let go of that? That's, that's something that deals with your self-worth, self-esteem, messes up your self-value. But you have to let it go according to the word of God. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, today, I exercise myself unto godliness that I ask you, Lord, to give me a conscience that is void of offense toward God and towards man in the name of Jesus. Help me today to deal with any kind of offense. Every form of offense hidden in my life, I deal with it today. I let it go 
and whoever had offended me, I declare boldly that I love them in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray that prayer on your own. Pray it. Pray it. Whoever it is, husband, wife, that you need to release. Whatever they have done. Somebody cheated on you. You need to let go. Let it go in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I free myself from every form of offense. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my conscience. Lord God of heaven, I exercise myself, oh God, unto godliness today. And I declare, Father, that you grant me a conscience that is void of offense. In the name of Jesus, let my conscience be purged with the blood of the Lamb, with the blood of Jesus. Father God, everyone that has offended me, Lord, I declare they are released from my heart. They are forgiven. My God, they are released. They are forgiven. And I declare in the name of Jesus that my conscience is void of offense. In the name of Jesus Christ, is somebody praying? Somebody pray like you are serious. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We declare that we are free from every form of offense. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church say amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone that is here today at the sound of my voice, both in person and online. Father, we're living in a life where there is just so much wickedness. The Bible says, have respect unto the covenant for the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitation of cruelty. Father, we know that there is wickedness all over. And so we cannot avoid being offended. But today we have come to learn how to deal with offense. How to handle offense. Father, we pray today that you grant us grace to release every offender in our hearts. That Father, even us that have offended someone, we ask for forgiveness for offending somebody else. And Father, we declare that we are released from the spirit of offense. I take authority and dominion over that evil spirit of offense that the enemy has used to trap believers, that's used to snare believers, has used to cause, release a stumbling block to their next level and has caused them to fall. I bind that evil spirit in the name of Jesus. I rebuke offense out of your life and I release the spirit of love in Christ Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that from today we begin to soar like the eagle. Every person here is released from the trap of offense. Every person here is free from the snare of offense. In the name of Jesus Christ, anyone that has fallen or stagnated because of offense, from today I declare your rising. I release you to rise and fly. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we pray and the church say, Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord.